Blackhawks Live. That's hockey, baby! From the downtown studios of WGN Radio, it's time for Blackhawks Live. Two shots on the power play, but nothing to show for it on the board. Chance in front, that one's in! Uh, we've got some really good pieces here at Michigan, and I'm just looking forward to get on the ice and, and working with them towards that goal. Blackhawks Live. Everything you need to know about your Chicago Blackhawks. Here's Joe Brand with Chris Bowden. Well, it sure has been a wild, wild week in the NHL. Postponements and then cancellations. So here we are, Blackhawks Live on a Wednesday night. He's WGN-TV's Chris Bowden. I'm Joe Brand. We have uh, Mel Pearson, head coach of the Michigan Wolverines, set to join with us later on in the show because, Chris, uh, we don't get to talk about Team USA at the NHL level at this year's Olympics, so we'll talk about the World Junior Championship com- coming on in actually just a couple of days. So we'll bring in Mel Pearson, but uh, first and foremost, Chris, thank you so much for joining me today and not just bailing on the show after what I put on the <laughs> internet earlier today. Yeah, we have to talk about some things here, Joe. <laughs> uh, we'll get around to hockey, but uh, first of all, I hope uh, if Coach Pearson has seen your video that you tweeted out, posted on Facebook as well, I, I hope he will still be joining us after uh, seeing said video. Uh, uh, first question, are you in, Are you still in your Blackhawks onesie? I'm not. I'm not. I, I dressed okay. down or dressed up, I guess. Okay. I, that's, I, that's good. And you're, uh, and you're looking especially boyish now that the mustache <laughs> is gone as well. Uh, how much did that fetch, by the way? That oh. ended up uh, accumulating, I, I think, okay, so so the number on the Salvation Army website here through WGN, I believe, was around 97,000. Very but, nice. Very but nice. David Hochberg still had uh, a donation of his own and a few of his colleagues, so I think it was somewhere north of, of 120. However, I can't take any credit, or all credit, I should say. My mustache cannot take that credit. John Williams and David Hochberg were on the radio for a couple of hours. They did a great job. That's where most of the credit gets, not my upper lip. Well, and our big question, obviously, uh, earlier today was whether you should uh, grow back the mustache. My main question is the health and well-being uh, of one cat of yours. I'm I'm concerned uh, off of that video that we may have to get PETA involved. How is Plankton doing right now? And uh, don't tell a lie. Tell us the truth after you put some uh, holiday getup on him. <laughs> Plankton, my one-eyed cat, uh, tolerated the reindeer suit. He, he wasn't a big fan of it, but uh, he, he just... <laughs> he He's got feel- some plans for you when you get back home tonight. I, I, I think so. He, he feels paralyzed when he gets a costume like that on, <laughs> so he just nice. hardly moves. Um, but he... he he tolerates it, like I said. Um, yeah, well, that's why I didn't tag Mel Pearson on any of my posts. <laughs> Thankfully, you did that. So, again, we're going to be talking with the head coach of Michigan Hockey, uh, the University of Michigan Hockey team. Also, just a lot of things going on through the NHL, through the Blackhawks. The Hawks are off until December 28th against Columbus. The United Center is enhancing their rules and restric- uh, restrictions due to COVID. Anyone older than five years old will now need to show proof of full vaccination to enter the building. Yesterday at, pla- at practice for the Blackhawks, Jujar Kara skated with the team for the first time since going into concussion 
protocol. Henrik Borgstrom returned to the team after he was out for a non-COVID-related illness. Uh, Calvin DeHaan is the only Blackhawk in COVID protocol right now. And obviously we hope the best for Calvin DeHaan, speedy recovery. But that is good news considering what's going on throughout the entire NHL. But the biggest and main news of the day, Chris, uh, NHL announcing that the, the players will not be competing in the Winter Olympics this year. Yeah, and it's probably uh, uh, the wise, or it's definitely the wise move to do because uh, there were a lot of reservations. Sure, I'm sure, I, I'm guessing there's still a handful of players who were gung ho about this opportunity to represent their country uh, in Beijing, but I think that's uh, certainly been tamped down uh, pretty heavily by what some of the restrictions would be if they were to go over there and, and contract something, the quarantine. Uh, the quarantine length, three to five weeks from what we are understanding. But with what has transpired here over the course, since our last show, really, with what's happened in the NHL, they are going to need those 16, 17 days uh, that were uh, blocked out uh, for the Olympic break in order to make up 50 postponements. I think as we stand right Mm -hmm. now, that includes three Blackhawks games, all home games. Calgary last week, Florida was supposed to be played last night, and then the rematch against the Dallas Stars tomorrow night. So uh, the least popular position uh, perhaps in uh, all of uh, the world right now is NHL schedule maker as they try to uh, make all these games up and try to refigure. And that is with the caveat that you know, we're able to pick things up in a relatively prompt manner and everyone is able to stay healthy and there aren't any more postponements. And knock on wood, we can do that, but it's just not going to be simple as snapping fingers when teams report back on the 26th or in the Blackhawks case, the 27th, and start things up again. There are still going to be more cases, but hopefully um, it will be reduced to the level where uh, teams aren't going to have to postpone games. And travel can open up as well between uh, the Canadian and, and U.S. borders as far as the NHL rulings on uh, how that was all going down here late in the week. Yeah, and it looks like right now the NHL is using a pocket of February 6th through the 22nd to use that time to make up some games. But just for the aspect of players not getting to represent their countries. I mean, we understand why this is happening. I would happen to agree with it. I think a lot of other people would too. Uh, but it is, it, it's disappointing to see, and it's its another frustrating uh, moment that we're just all going through. And Patrick Kane seemed really disappointed yesterday after the practice that he won't get to compete in the Olympics. Uh, here's something he had to say about his teammates that he was hoping to play with in red, white, and blue. Well, yeah, I mean... Uh... Both those guys are just having amazing years and uh, um, would definitely help out the U.S. team a lot. I mean, Seth is just uh, an unbelievable player. Um, I knew he was a good player, but he's kind of exceeded my expectations as far as like his all-around game and what he brings to the team when he's on the ice, how he moves the puck up the ice from the defensive zone, um, how he jumps in the play pretty much everything, but he's been incredible for us. And, uh, the Brinkat, he was, uh, you know, kind of a guy I was, uh, looking forward to maybe even playing with over there. And, um, yeah, I really like, uh, playing with him and enjoy being on the ice with him. He would have helped our team a lot over there too. Um, so, uh, I just think in general, you know, for USA hockey, we would have put together a pretty competitive team. Um, And that's disappointing. I don't think that'll change four years from now, but just would have been fun to have that opportunity to see what we can do. And uh, um, 
kind of welcome the next generation of, of USA hockey players in and uh, uh, be able to be a part of that. So kind of a somber Patrick Kane there, but you know how much he loves competing for Team USA, and now he's unable to do so since 2014 because of what happened in 2018 and now here in 2022. But, man, how about the high praise to Seth Jones, too? Just basically stuff that we've been talking about lately, but it's kind of really interesting to hear Patrick Kane put it that way, too. Yeah, and I think Alex Dabrinkit would have been a slam dunk to make yeah. that roster, too. And you, knew, you can sense the disappointment in Patrick's voice because... Uh, you know, it's almost a situation where, where you take for granted. He was a part of that uh, 2010 silver medal team in Vancouver. Uh, perhaps, you know, one of the greatest hockey tournaments um, and perhaps the greatest uh, Olympic hockey tournament that, in recent history that people have in mind. And then he got to the 2014 games and you're almost thinking, OK, uh, without even thinking about it, there's going to be several more in the bank here. But 2018, the NHL doesn't go. And now 2022, when I think, you know, he was going to be the captain of of the American team in Beijing. Now seeing that opportunity slip through at age 33, it's not saying he he, he isn't capable of being an Olympian and, and one of the best American players four years down the road. We have talked time and again with the way Patrick has advanced his game, has stayed in shape, uh, and could play. And he's even discussed himself how he wants to play until 40. So going to the Olympics four years from now is not out of the realm of possibility, but you know, with all these uh, these last two opportunities that have fallen by the wayside, uh, you could almost sense he's looking back kind of wistfully at 2010 and yep. the entire atmosphere of what was Vancouver and that game going to overtime before finally having to settle for silver against some of his Blackhawks teammates. You know, time slips away quickly, and you don't know what's around the corner, so you could sense that in Patrick's voice yesterday after practice. I sense that, too, but let's be honest, it's kind of hard for any of us not to reminisce these days. Uh, Speaking of that, let's reminisce about the 2010 Olympics. If you can call in 312-981-7200, and for a Boyke's prize pack, if you can call in and give us the name of the player from Team USA that tied the game in the gold medal game of the 2010 Winter Olympics in Vancouver. Again, 312-981-7200. We're looking for the American that tied the game in the gold medal game against Canada in 2010 of the Winter Olympics. You win a Boykies prize pack. Always be sure to go to boykies.com. Use the promo code WGN for a... Uh, 10% off your first order. We're going to get to that after this break. Well, I mean, it's just uh, it's just a tough situation for everybody, right? I mean, you're excited to to be able to get the chance to represent your country. You know, obviously I'm 33 right now, so um, you're hoping that you can uh, obviously play as many as possible, but um, you know, I don't I don't know if it really would have been like a true Olympic experience this year with, you know, being in a bubble and and uh you know all the the worries going over there so we'll kind of see what happens right now but you know definitely fortunate to play in in Sochi and uh you know Vancouver was just unbelievable I don't think if I don't think the Olympic experience is going to be you know even close to comparable to what we had there in 2010 so um you know we'll see what happens but um you know always want to represent your country anytime you get get a chance and uh felt like i, I would have had a chance to be in like a leadership role this year so it would have been fun to play with a lot of you know younger players some some great players around the league so um uh yeah i guess we'll kind of see how it unfolds here Oh, 
Well, we're going to need the Dream Police to create some NHL Olympic hockey in our minds because, unfortunately, that's not happening this year. I don't mean to be too much of a downer at the beginning of this show, but that is the biggest news coming from today. The NHL announcing its players won't compete in the Olympics here in Beijing, well, rather in Beijing this season. Uh, Patrick Kane clearly disappointed with what he could have done. You know, it's Patrick Kane came in to Chicago as this young kid, this guy that was supposed to revamp the organization, and he did. And it's always kind of it, it always kind of reminds me that, oh yeah, this guy isn't this kid anymore. He's now wearing an A on his sweater. A lot of the players in the Blackhawks look up to this guy. And now he was looking to do that role for Team USA. And that's that's got to be a big bummer for 88. Yeah, and I would have loved, I think everybody would have loved to seen how that team would have fared. Um, it, it ain't just the three Blackhawks. You're talking about Austin Matthews. You're talking about any number of other players as, as, you know, the team, as, as Hockey USA has continued to grow and supply in the pipeline that, uh, that the NHL has right now. Uh, what a talented group, uh, probably the most talented group with all due respect to the 80 and 84 squad with Eddie Olchek and all those guys who had to defend what uh, the Miracle on Ice did back in 1980, but from a pure talent standpoint, how they would have held up against the Canadas and, and, and the other international superpowers, be it Russia or Sweden or, you know, uh, Finland, which has really started coming on of late. There are a couple of other Blackhawks who probably would have made the trip, whether it was uh, Taves and Marc-Andre Fleury for Team Canada, but then you're talking Philip Kurishev, even Lukas Reichel probably could have played for a, yep. a German nation that's really been up and coming internationally and uh you know that'll be kind of a theme of what we talk about here in the second half hour with the world junior championships coming up but i, I would i would have loved to see you know and, and right now it's just a dream world how that american hockey team would have held up and how far they would have gotten uh in the medal chase in beijing in a couple of months well and we shouldn't be remiss to mention that uh the team usa of the women's hockey team will uh, be competing in february in our very own kendall coin schofield the captain of that team so we uh we'll, we'll do our best to hear from kendall coin schofield later on too this year as uh we've gotten to talk to her about her recent book that's been released too um again we're giving away a boykey's prize pack 312-981-7200 if you can call in and give us the name of the american that scored the game tying goal in the gold medal game of the 2010 winter olympics team usa against canada obviously canada won that game Sidney Crosby winning the overtime game winner. The golden goal. The golden goal, yeah. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Jonathan Taves scored in that game, too. He was the first Canadian goal. Yeah. Man, what a game. I, I have not... I, I, I've been tempted to look it up because I cannot remember <laughs> the answer to your question. What I do remember is... Patrick Kane, I believe, had the primary assist. I'm, 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 I'm remembering how that play unfolded in a scramble in front of the night. I remember Kane firing a shot um, that Roberto Luongo, the hometown goaltender for the Vancouver Canucks, right. was able to to push aside. And then there was a bit of a scramble in front of the net. And um, I, I cannot remember exact. I have a couple of candidates in my mind, but I can't remember exactly which one it was that ended up gathering up that rebound and and tying it and and. Uh, Slamming into the glass there as, uh, you know, a, a stunned crowd in Vancouver kind of listened in silence, although there were their uh, fair share of Americans in attendance in that uh, itty bitty uh, arena in Vancouver for that Olympic gold medal game. That's a very good memory, Chris, because uh, recently... I can't remember the name, though. That's who it was. Uh, well, I, Give me, this... are, are they still, is the player still active? 
Uh, well, yes, yes. Okay, okay. Um, th- there, were, there was a little stipulation with that, but yeah, the 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 direct answer is yes. Okay. Um, it it, it brought me back though because I, I was in college when we were watching that game, and the next door neighbors didn't even know that a game was going on, and they knocked over like, "Is everything okay?" It sounded <laughs> like something very tragic happened in here, but we just all just jumped out of our seats when. Team USA tied it up. And yeah, you're absolutely right, Patrick Kane. See, I, I don't know. I don't have the box score on me. I don't know if he had the primary assist, but you're absolutely right on. He's the one that took the shot yeah. from the right circle. And then there was a scramble uh, in the crease. W- what's crazy about it, too, though, is it, it reminds me of the 2000, the ending of the 2011 playoffs for the Blackhawks, who they got eliminated by the Vancouver Canucks. Mm. After they tied it late and then lost in overtime and all that energy, all that positivity you had just totally got deflated in a matter of moments in overtime. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, and that was an unbelievable finish too. The, the Vancouver for a while there was the site of so many dramatic and and uh, outstanding games. Not so outstanding from Game Seven in 2011 for the Blackhawks, but uh, uh, yeah, uh, a lot of things happened in there. But uh, you know what? The Canucks ended up coming up empty. They never won a Stanley Cup. So that's true. Vancouver. That's true. They went all the way that year, but then fell to the Boston Bruins. And uh, yeah, and then the Blackhawks went on and won two more times. Okay, we're still giving away a Boykey's Prize Pack again. Be sure to check out Boykey. That's B-O-I-K-E-Y-S dot com. It's Biltong. It's much better and healthier for you than beef jerky, but it's a lot like it. Again, we're giving away that prize pack. Uh, But after the news, we're going to be talking with Mel Pearson, the head coach of Michigan's hockey team. Talk to him about a few players that are heading to the World Juniors that are on his roster. And he's also had to coach against a couple of Blackhawks prospects who are also on that World Juniors roster. So that's why we're talking to Mel Pearson after the news. News. The longtime hockey coach and current head coach of the Michigan Wolverines, Mel Pearson, joins us here on Blackhawks Live. He's Chris Bowden. I'm Joe Brand. And Coach, first of all, thank you so much for joining us so close to the holiday. Uh, we've got the NHL on hold right now, and there's going to be a lot of hockey fans and just a lot of sports fans tuned into the World Juniors Championship, and you've got a couple of players that are representing Team USA. You've also coached against a couple of Blackhawks prospects, but I, I think one of the main things we want to gather from you is what's some of the exciting things going on about hockey's youth right now that is you know, going to be kind of the main aspect that many sports fans are going to be tuned in the next couple of days? Yeah, well, thanks thanks for having me, uh, Joe and Chris. Uh, glad to be on. But uh, it's exciting. The spotlight will definitely be on, uh, you know, the top 17 to 20-year-old hockey players uh, from around the world, uh, you know, up in Edmonton and Red Deer, Alberta. So it's, uh, it's maybe not quite a, as big a deal in the United States, but uh, actually in Canada and all over the world, the, the ratings are extremely high for uh, this prestigious hockey tournament. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I've been a coach uh, before involved, had a number of players there, and it's a, it's really a great tournament that really showcases some of the best young talent that uh, we'll all see in the NHL someday soon. Yeah, and uh, Team USA is going for gold for the uh, second consecutive year. If they accomplish that, it'll be the first time they've ever done that. But you have uh, Maddie Beniers and, and Mackie Samuskevich and, and Luke Hughes 
from the University of Michigan heading over there. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Beneers because he was awarded a letter, uh, one of the alternate captains, along with one of the Blackhawks prospects, Landon Slaggart. Uh, Maddie, the number two overall pick in the in the uh, 2021 NHL draft. As a matter of fact, four of the top five picks from this past summer's draft are on your roster right now. Uh, but Beneers in particular, uh, what, uh, what has he brought to your program? And, uh, tell us a little bit about him as, as a player as, uh, he heads off to, uh, Edmonton and Red Deer or Calgary. Yeah, really good player. Yeah. Really good player. Obviously, he was, uh, on the team last year for that U.S. team. Um, you know, played a good role, but this year they'll ask him to play, uh, a bigger role uh, in being named one of the alternate captains. But uh, he just makes your team better the moment he walks in the door. And uh, I told a, a number of NHL teams that last summer uh, prior to the draft. is uh, He just connects your team. He's one of those players that uh, seems to uh, find a way to uh, to get everybody to like him. But but it's sincere, and, and he likes uh, the guys on the team too. But uh, what I like about him as a coach is he plays the full 200 feet. He, he doesn't cheat for offense uh, and give up defense. Uh, he, he prides himself in playing uh, all around uh, an all-around game and, and actually is really good defensively, as, as by his plus-minus. He's plus 16 on our team and, you know, is second uh, on our team in, in points. So uh, he just plays your all-around game. He can play any position uh, up front. Uh, he can kill penalties, which he does for our team at Michigan plays on the power play. Uh, again, he's just a, a consummate team player and a really good all-around player. Kind of want to stick with Beneers for a moment because, like you said, he played in these games last year. Uh, last mm-hmm. season, Kirby Doc, uh, the Blackhawks forward, yeah. broke his wrist in it, and there was you know some backlash, but for the most part, organizations, fans, understand the benefit of young players playing in these games. So what type of development, or, or how, how much did playing in these games last year help Beneers' development heading into this year? Yeah, well, it was, it was huge. Uh, you really can't put a, a I guess, a, a, you know, weight on it it's just it's it's big it really helped his confidence level especially because they did so well in the tournament right uh, the captain of the u.s team last year was cam york uh, who was played for us in michigan last year as a defenseman but but maddie but just by being there and in being around that and then obviously they having the success that they did the u.s team when he came back to michigan the second half uh, you could see it you could just see he had a little bit more hop in his uh, to a step and and uh, was really, you know, just from that short tournament, that two-three tournament, uh, you know, really benefit and you know his confidence level. I think that's the biggest thing I saw is just really his confidence level, and then that's just multiplied going into this year for us in Michigan. I want to circle back to uh, uh, your program and some of the individuals in it in a moment, but uh, this season you faced uh, a couple of the players that are under. Um, are, that are Blackhawks prospects as uh, yeah. in college hockey. You defeated Minnesota Duluth 5-1 early on the season. Wyatt Kaiser, a third-round draft pick of the Blackhawks, is on that team. And then a couple of tough losses uh, about a month or so ago in Ann Arbor, overtime losses both to, to Notre Dame and Landon Slaggard, who is uh, also wearing an A for Team USA, uh, was is part of that Notre Dame team, along with, I should add, Ryder Ralston, uh, kind of an under-the-radar guy that the Blackhawks picked up in a trade from Colorado. But in terms of Kaiser and Slaggart as an opposing coach, what do you see with those two individuals when you're going up against them? Yeah, big fan of both of them. Um, obviously, Kaiser, a really good uh, smooth-skating defenseman, has some offensive upside. He hasn't quite reached that potential yet, but 
uh, I believe, you know, if he goes back for a couple more years, you're, you're going to see a really good player in him. Just just the way he gets around the ice sheet, uh, can break the puck out, uh, has some bite to his game, but just an all-around good hockey player. Uh, you know, obviously grew up in Minnesota, played high school hockey there, and a lot of those guys are really good skaters, and, and Wyatt is one, too. And he plays for a really good program. I, I mean, they – they know what it takes to win, and he's playing for a good coach in Scott Sandel at Duluth and playing for a winning program. That's going to really help him. But I, I'm a big fan of Wyatt Kaiser. I'm not surprised he's on the U.S. team. Uh, yeah, and, of course, Landon Slager, we played against him the last couple of years. So I've known uh, Landon's dad, Andy Slager, who's a coach <laughs> at Notre Dame for a long time. And uh, Landon's going to add uh, some real grittiness to any team he plays for. He plays the right way, plays hard, plays with some edge, plays with some bite. Uh, he's got decent offensive numbers this year, you know, five and five. I think he's got 10 points at Notre Dame. But uh, he's one of those kids who can come back and take off uh, the second half because of his experience up there. But I think the, the Hawks have two bright, uh, you know, have a bright future with those two young men. And, uh, you know, like I said, I both really like them both. And I'll, I'll throw something in for Ryder Ralston. He's taken some big steps at Notre Dame this year. And mm. uh, he's got a chance to be a really good player. Big kid, skates well, shoots at a ton, so... Uh, he's a guy to keep an eye on for Hawks fan down the road. Again, we're talking to Mel Pearson, head coach of the Michigan Wolverines hockey team. Uh, Luke Hughes, a guy that you're pretty familiar with. And not only that, you coach his older brother, Quinn. Any similar, uh, sim- similarities or differences that you notice between those two? No, they're both great skaters. I mean, the uh, apple hasn't fallen far from the tree there, you know, with all three of the brothers, with Jack and Jersey. But uh, Luke's a hell of a skater. I mean, he can... Uh, He's an instant breakout, uh, loves to get to the net, probably could play forward because of the skating and his offensive instincts, but very similar to Quinn in that way in which they're, they're, they're tremendous skaters. And I think that's the thing that you notice about both of them right away. Really good hockey sense, um, you know, can see the ice well, has a real good feel for the game, um, as did Quinn. So very fortunate to have them both in Michigan, but uh, I think the one difference is, is Lucas is big. He, he's going to be, when he fills out, you know, he's going to be six one, six two, probably about 195 pounds, and uh, when you get a player that size and can skate like he does, he's going to be a, a heck of a player down the road. But uh, both love the game, rank rats, and enjoy being around, and, and both winners. I mentioned earlier that, uh, yeah, four of the top five picks in this past draft are, are on your roster right now, including the number one overall pick in Owen Power, who uh, decided to come back for another year at Michigan. Where I want to go with Owen is uh, his development here with uh, the Chicago Steel and uh, just a program, an organization whose reputation has just grown here in recent years by leaps and bounds. Uh, what can you say about uh, the pipeline that is going through uh, this uh, suburban Chicago program and what it did for Owen in particular? Yeah, I tell hockey fans, if, you, if, you, if for some reason you, you don't get a chance to go see the Hawks or whatnot, that uh, go over and watch the Chicago Steel. They've got some really good players there this year. And, and obviously we've uh, been fortunate to have some players uh, that are on our roster now from Chicago. And they do a really nice job at the Steel, as good a job as any uh, development team and program, but um, yeah, we've got Owen Power, who you know was the number one pick overall this past summer, and, and decided to come back to Michigan. And I think you know a couple of the reasons he did is he really didn't get that full college experience with COVID last year and playing in empty buildings and not being able to go to class. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, I think he wanted to come back. Uh, you know, to, again, that's why he came to the Michigan in the first place, is to have that college experience. And then also to, uh, you know, we have a good team. We have a really good team, as you mentioned. Uh, you know, we had four of the top five picks in this year's draft. And, uh, you know, we have another player, Mackie Samuskevich, who's also at the World Junior tur- Tournament, who also played for the Chicago Steel that's on our roster this year. So uh, we've been very fortunate to have uh, a good relationship with the Steel and, and they've done a good job of developing those players for our level, and it's our job now is to continue that development uh, path and, and make sure they're ready for the National Hockey League. But Owen's a, a tremendous talent and uh, big, can skate, great hockey sense, plays well defensively, and there's a reason why he is uh, selected number one overall in the draft. One more and we'll let you go, Coach, but uh, I want to pose a scenario for you. Luke Hughes scores a game-winning goal in any game, doesn't have to be the gold medal, he throws his stick into the crowd like Jack Hughes, his older brother, did against the Blackhawks earlier this year. Would he do something like that, and are you a fan of that? As <laughs> uh, long as you don't have to reimburse the, the price of the uh, blade, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, he would. No, no problem. Luke would do that in a heartbeat. Uh, he's just a happy-go-lucky kid, loves the game, uh, very emotional and excitable, so... I could see him doing that in a heartbeat. Uh, what do I think of it? Well, as long as uh, some young fan gets that stick and it, it doesn't hit anybody, I, I would be okay with it. But uh, uh, that's all part of the game, obviously. And uh, these kids do have you know emotion and they play with it and they get excited. So that's that's a good thing that we have to keep in our sport. Okay, that's the right answer. Good job, Coach. You, you passed the test. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Uh, but, yeah, uh, like I said, if you get a chance to go watch a steal, we, we've got a couple kids there. We've got a kid named Adam Fantilli who's got a chance to be one of the top, I think, three picks in uh, this coming year's draft. Mm-hmm. And Adam's coming here to Michigan next year. He's a heck of a hockey player. So, um, anyway, they do a good job. But anytime you, you want to talk hockey, guys, I know I, I, I – Wish I was watching NHL tonight, but it's it's uh, it's an interesting <laughs> we time we're all living, and hopefully we yeah hopefully it gets back on soon. Absolutely. Well, again, we really appreciate you taking the time for us. You're very welcome at any time, and uh, I'm glad to see the Hawks got things turned around. Anxious to see what they can do the second half. Happy holidays, Coach. Thanks, guys. All right. Head coach Mel Pearson of the Michigan Wolverines ice hockey team. Man, more love for the Chicago Steel, which mm-hmm. actually, Chris, right across the street from the Kane County Cougars ballpark. Yeah, and and you know when you think about the, this Michigan team, uh, his first year he takes them to the Frozen Four. Uh, right. The 2019 season was kind of a rebuild, but these last two where he's had you know so, some potentially great teams, their season ends due to COVID. Uh, once when they were already in the NCAA tournament and once before they could even get in last year from his case there. You know, I would have loved to follow up and spend more time talking about managing expectations, right. both on the outside and within the room, with all the talent that is in that locker room uh, for Coach Pearson, and uh, we'll see how they do this year. 14-6 and six so far this season. You know, kind of some ups and downs, and probably having to deal with some players who are coming in and out of the lineup, whether it's illness or losing some guys here to the World Junior Championships. Uh, they'll get back on the horse in their schedule, hopefully, uh, here in a, in a week or so. But uh, good luck to Coach uh, Pearson and Michigan. We're happy to have them on here tonight. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we'll keep an eye out for uh, a few of those people that he mentioned. And uh, 
some of the other players, too, for the World Junior Championship. Okay, we still got a Boyke's prize pack to give away. 312-981-7200. If you can tell us who scored the game-tying goal at the 2010 gold medal game for Team USA against Vancouver, that prize pack is yours. One more segment here of Blackhawks Live. You're listening to 720 WGN. Wrapping up Blackhawks Live here on 720 WGN. He's Chris Bowden. I'm Joe Brand. Okay, we posed a question for some free biltong. Again, it's not beef jerky, but it's like beef jerky. It's just better for you and healthier and all around better. Uh, The question was, who scored the game-tying goal of the 2010 gold medal game between Team USA and Team Canada? Who scored that game-tying goal? for Team USA. We've got Jim, who's got a guess. Jim, what's your guess? Uh, my guess is Zach Parise. We got a winner. All right, Jim. Jim, yeah. Jim, where were you when you watched that game? Uh, I was in my dorm room at Illinois State. Okay. All these college kids back in 2010 watching the game in their dorm rooms while I'm an old man sitting in my living room watching it. <laughs> You guys are way too young for me. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I was tempted to go look at like, the box score. Instead, I looked at the roster to see if I could get a clue. And I got it down to uh, to two guys, whether it was Zach Parise or Joe Pavelski, oh, who was right. on that team and who continues to haunt the Blackhawks to this day to, the, to last weekend in Dallas uh, against the Blackhawks in that 4-3 overtime loss. But, uh, indeed, it was uh, Zach Parise. So way to go. Way to go, you youngster, Jim. Jim, congratulations. We're sending you home with some biltong. How does that sound? I'm super excited. All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Jim. That's Jim. Congrats to him for winning biltong. And, yeah, Zach Parise. Um, Ryan Kessler had the first goal. Yeah. Um, And... and he, he threw shade at his Canucks teammate, Roberto Luongo, who was going up against. I remember there was a first intermission interview in that game. This is another thing I do remember. I didn't remember it was Zach Parise. <laughs> but I remember Kessler being interviewed at the first intermission, playing for Team USA. And he was saying Roberto Luongo looked a little shaky in net for oh, Team wow. Canada. Wow. Here's his Canucks teammates, and he's throwing them under the bus. But all in the name of international hockey, right? You know. See, you I, I always for the gold. I, yeah, and I always wondered that because it's it's so much more valuable, or, or it's so much more prominent in hockey than other sports. I would say. Um, I guess basketball is the next closest. Yeah, out of the big four with baseball, football, and, and basketball, um, that seems like a pretty heavy statement to make to your goaltender. But you know what? I wonder if he was if he actually did that because didn't Roberto Luongo kind of have that reputation of yeah. being a little uneasy, a little, uh, psychologically weak? But we say that with the fact that. He was knocking on the door for 500 career wins True. as well for his NHL career, which is which is which is pretty darn good. So, no, yeah, yeah. well, and, and the only reason I remember that is because uh, of you know what what success the Blackhawks had against him in the playoffs. And mm-hmm. I remember there was a video once where they just put in headphones and they played Chelsea Dagger <laughs> and they did it to all the Vancouver Canucks and they're like, "Can you do you recognize the song? Do you recognize the song?" And most guys are like, "Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I need to put it away." And and uh, Luongo puts the headphones in and I think within the first three seconds he just ripped them right out. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's a nightmare for him. And uh, I remember being in that Canucks locker room after the '09 playoffs when he started breaking down after uh, the Blackhawks yeah. stunned them 
Uh, Patrick Kane hat trick in the clinching game, as a matter of fact, in the 09 playoffs. And that's when the Blackhawks era was really pointing up. So hopefully we're going to hear some Chelsea dagger here starting uh, Tuesday once again. Hopefully uh, action will resume when the Blackhawks are scheduled to take on Columbus at the United Center. And before we wrap up, I want to talk about my favorite thing of the week since our last show. And it was the fact that you were sitting next to a guy in those last two home games who made his return to the booth. And uh, the great part, greatest part uh, from a result standpoint is he had a lot of excitement to cover in that 5-4 overtime victory over Washington last Wednesday. Not so much because Nashville did what Nashville does in the game on Friday night at the United Center. Bo, it was good to, I imagine, very good to have that guy sitting next to you in the booth on Wednesday and Friday last week. Absolutely. It was, uh, that was the best present I could have gotten. Uh, you know, just being able to talk hockey with him, but more importantly, learn hockey from him. I mean, he does it better than, oh, so many people. He just knows the right way to put things into words and break down the game in small increments and large increments and a whole and lot of And I hope Troy pranked you at least once or twice so, during the course of You know, of he gave season. me a hard time. He didn't necessarily have a <laughs> Frank, but he definitely gave me a hard time. But uh, man, yeah, it was it was great to uh, to uh, see the camaraderie camaraderie with John and Troy once again. It was uh, well welcomed and great to listen to him as well. When's our when's our next Blackhawks live, Joe? We're all over the map here lately. I got to check the uh, schedule on my way out. So once I figure that out, we think it's Monday. We, we think, think it's, it's just just wait for another embarrassing video of me on Twitter. Yeah, he's Chris Bowden. I'm Joe Brand. <laughs> this has been Blackhawks Live. Everyone have a great holiday. We'll talk to you next week on 720 WGN.